0: To get started visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. So I am so excited about today's episode and this topic. I know I say that about pretty much all my episodes, but it's really true. I'm excited about all my topics. Otherwise, I wouldn't be making a podcast episode about it because I would be bored as hell and wouldn't be able to do it. So I'm super excited about today's podcast. And if you've listened to my six-part series of How I Found Love... I did that on the podcast last summer, then you know that I was on the love struggle bus for years. And by the way, if you haven't listened to those six episodes, please make sure you do that. Part one starts at episode 81 and goes until 86. It's pretty epic and documents my entire love life starting at sixth grade all the way to the present day. So many women have told me that they see themselves in some of the stories or situations I was in. It's relatable. It's relatable. And it helps them to feel not so alone. So if you haven't listened, scroll down on your podcast player to episode 81 and start from there. Again, it goes to episode 86 or head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 81. And then you can just listen from there all the way to episode 86. Anyways, one thing that drove me crazy when I was single was talking to my other non-single friends who either just didn't struggle the way that I struggled or had been in a relationship for so long that maybe they just forgot what it was really like. And they would say really kind things to me to help me feel better. And obviously, these people's, my friends' words and advice are well-meaning. But they would say something like, it just wasn't meant to be. You'll meet him when you least expect it. And I would always hear this, especially after a breakup or after like a prospect fell through. And I heard that so many times when I was dating. And I'm pretty sure even to this day, I would rather, I don't know, pull my eyelashes out one by one than hear that again. You'll meet him when you least expect it. From a very superficial place, like I just don't think that this concept is true. And it's just really bad advice. Because for me, especially as an introvert, if I wasn't trying, aka not expecting to meet someone, that would mean every weekend would be me inviting a few friends over to hang out on my couch, drink some wine, and eat some food, probably sushi, and hanging out and just talking. Like that to me is my idea of an epic, awesome evening. And while it's great, and obviously great female and friendship time, it's certainly not going to be great for meeting people, but I'm not expecting it. So is that how I'm supposed to meet him? I kind of call BS on all of this. Unless, of course, you're one of the few lucky ones who fell in love with your postman. You do have to try to meet him. And Mr. Wright isn't just going to knock on your door one day and say, Hey, babe, I'm here. I mean, it would be awesome, but that's just not how it works. I mean, if that's happened to you, please let me know because that's awesome and I would just love to hear that story. But here's the thing there is some truth behind the idea of you'll meet him when you least expect it. There is some reason why people always say it and why it continues to be a saying or an idiom or like one of those just kind of blanket, oh, let me try to help him make you feel better because you just got through a break, went through a break, uh, breakup. Now, before you say, oh, fuck this and turn off the podcast, I want you to hear me out. Many of you know that bef- that before I was a relationship and life coach, I was a yoga teacher. And honestly, I don't know why I'm talking in the past tense because I really still do consider myself a yoga teacher because I interweave so much of its teachings into my coaching. Anyways, in yoga, and I'm going to give you like the short and dirty version there are five yamas and five niyamas. Now, I don't need you to really know what that means, except what I want you to know is five plus five equals 10. And so these five yamas and niyamas essentially, more or less become the 10 commandments of yoga. Now, that's not really super 100% accurate. But I think it can certainly get the idea across. So if you are like an avid yogi, please don't, you know, banish me or anything like that. Um, but basically, these 10 commandments of yoga, these five yamas and five niyamas are pretty much the guidelines of how yogis are supposed to live and how they're supposed to treat themselves and how they're supposed to treat others. And I want to talk to you about one of the yamas. So the fifth yama is a graha, which is a Sanskrit word. And it translates to English roughly as non-attachment. Now, a in the literal, in the very, very literal sense, refers to non-greediness to material possessions. But here's the thing about a because you've probably, you might have heard the idea of non-attachment or not being attached. And a lot of people are really resistant to it because they think that it's only for, Um, rich people, or you can't be rich and not attached because you can't have big goals of wanting to buy a house or a car and that kind of stuff and still be practicing non attachment. Basically, there's a lot of confusion around it. So I just want to explain a little bit about the more modern perspective, but also, of course, how I see it from my point of view and how I use it in my life and how I teach my clients to use it in their life. So graha non-attachment, it doesn't mean you have to live like a Buddhist monk owning nothing but the clothes on your back living in a cave somewhere in Nepal or India. That is not, I mean, that is, I'm sure they're practicing a Paragraha, non-attachment, but you don't have to do that. And in fact, you can be the richest person in your town and still be practicing a Paragraha because essentially non-attachment is the practice of not wrapping up your confidence and your worth, and the things that you have, or the things that you do not have. So you can have the nicest house on the block, drive a gorgeous car, have all these beautiful possessions, and you can enjoy those things, and you can love those things, but then you could also lose them, and it wouldn't affect your sense of self or your worth, Now, this doesn't mean that you don't take action, so you wouldn't try to prevent losing all your things. It doesn't mean that you don't care about anything, but you just don't let it lose your sense of self or let it affect your sense of self. So obviously, non-attachment is much easier said than done. This is truly a lifelong practice. I've been been doing yoga for, um, my gosh, 15, 16 years. I've been teaching yoga for over 10 years And I'm just like getting into a groove of of non-attachment. It's really, really hard, especially because we're going to relate it to relationships and dating when we're talking about it in such a triggered emotional sphere of your life. So please know that this is not just a switch that you're going to turn on and then you're good. This is truly a lifelong practice and it takes a lot of dedication. But I want to talk to you a little bit about this, about that in this episode so that you can get onto this path. So, that you can have a better chance of meeting someone, but then also just have like a lot less emotional high highs and low lows as you're in that process. Okay, so back to dating. When I was dating, and I think many women I talk to date with a really strong attachment to an outcome. Ultimately, the outcome or the desired attachment or the desired outcome is finding a partner. But it can also be attachment to little things like wanting that second date, or wanting a text back or wanting him to say a certain thing, or to do a certain thing for you, or going out to a party or an event with an attachment to meeting someone. I mean, how many times you've been in the situation, you scan the room, and are either pleasantly surprised or more often than not immediately disappointed and just want to leave because you've written everyone else off and your main attachment for going to this thing was meeting someone potentially. So, unfortunately, it's really hard to find love in this way when you're so attached to meeting him and this is where that little glimmer of truth shows up in this idea of you meet him when you least expect it. So I want to share with you the three reasons why, um, why this is true, like why this happens. And then we'll we'll wrap up at the end with why essentially it's not true. And you are allowed to just tell people that thanks for the advice, but no thanks, but do know that there's a reason why this quote or this idiom has stuck around through the ages. So the first reason that it's really hard to find love when you're really attached to a particular outcome is that it's not how law of attraction works. Now, many of you know that I strongly believe in the law of attraction and manifestation, and it's not as woo-woo as it sounds. If you aren't sure, I have an ep- a podcast episode about that. I don't remember the episode right now it's off the top of my head, but I'll put that in these show notes so that you can listen to the law of attraction. It's really not as woo-woo as it sounds. Um, But I really do believe, uh, I really do believe in, I really do believe that it can be an incredibly powerful force to attract more of what you want into your life, including love and relationships. So in the law of attraction, like essentially attracts like, and the universe will often return to you or give to you what you're putting out into the world. And so I say this and a lot of people say, yeah, but I really want a partner. And so they're putting that out into the world. But the question is, what are you actually really putting out into the world? Are you putting out the energy and the feeling of what you want your relationship to feel like so you can attract more of that back? Or are you putting out this feeling of want, right? And want is a feeling of lack. I really want a partner. I'm lacking a partner. I don't have a partner. Like that's actually the energy that you're putting out into the world and not this energy of what you want your relationship to look and feel like. So when you're putting this energy of want or lack out into the world, what do you get back? You're gonna get more lack. So instead of putting this energy of want and I want this and I want this and I don't have this out into the world, I recommend to my clients to get super clear on how they want to feel in their ideal relationship and put those feelings and that kind of energy out there instead. It's a lot more powerful. And I also find that when you do that, you attract back a lot higher quality partners. And this shows up in all areas of your life too, not just love life. It shows up in career opportunities. If you have your own business, it shows up in the type of clients that you attract. It can really be, I mean, really it can be life-changing without sounding like overdramatic, but it really can change your life. So if you want my help in doing that, then make sure you check out episode 77 on this podcast. I actually walk you through an exercise to help you do exactly that. And there's even a worksheet included with the episode so you can just follow along and answer the questions and do the journaling and all that kind of fun stuff. So just scroll down on your podcast player to episode 77 or go to veronicagrant.com forward slash episode 77 to listen and do the exercise. All right, so the second reason attachment to an outcome doesn't work is that it's akin to having horse blinders on. So what I mean by that is I strongly believe that the universe is out there to support you and it's not out to get you. This is a belief that I have run running so deep. I feel like it's a marrow of my bones. And if you fundamentally just don't believe that or you don't think you can get on board with that, then you're probably not going to like much of what I share on this podcast or like working with me because this is just something that I believe so strongly and so much of my coaching and how I help my clients stems from this belief that life, universe, God, whatever it is, divine, Whether or not you have religious or spiritual practice or not, like it is out there to support you and to not get you or get you back or teach you a lesson or test you or any of that kind of stuff. I can't emphasize enough how strongly I believe this. Anyways, when your horse blinders are on, it can be really hard to see the signs or the ways in which the universe or God or the divine or whatever it is that you believe is supporting you. Because what if the universe actually has something in store for you that is far greater than what you could have imagined on your own? Or what if the universe is giving you like little steps to get to where you're going or giving you signs that you're on the right path, but it's not like the signs or the steps that it's giving you aren't the ultimate thing that you want, but it's steps to get to that ultimate thing that you want, but you're just ignoring it because it's, the, it's not the ultimate thing that you want. The universe wants to help you and it wants to give you what you're seeking, but it also may be in different a different form or a different timing than what you have in your head. Now again, I know that this is a little woo-woo, but ultimately this just comes down to ultimate surrender and ultimate deep trust. And if you practice any type of religion, Christianity, Judaism, Hinduism, Buddhism, anything, I mean, this is pretty familiar. Like nobody has proof that God exists or that God doesn't exist. You just essentially, at the end of the of the day, just have to surrender to what you believe or what you believe is out there. And that's faith. That is deep trust. You don't have any kind of evidence for that being true. And this is so hard for many women in my community because I know that you are very, I think it's left brain is that the right, the logical thinking brain. um, And you want to see proof and you want to have steps and you want to have um, very tangible outcomes and tangible things to do. But sometimes it can just be like surrendering and trusting. And I can't tell you how many times I've been on the phone with a client. And they're like, well, how do I surrender? How do I trust? And they want like a step by step process. And that's, I mean, its it's kind of like, I mean, it's funny, because like, that's the opposite of what it is to surrender and trust. Like there are no steps to do it. You just have to get to this place, whether you do it at church, or in your meditation practice, or in your yoga practice, or and some morning prayers, or before you go to bed tonight and journaling, whatever it is, just getting to this place of just deep trust and trusting that the universe is here to support you. And I promise that when you do that, things will start showing up. Again, it may not be the ultimate person, because you might have some lessons to learn on the way. But maybe your coworker wants to set you up with someone. And maybe this someone isn't your person for you, but maybe this person is going to teach you some really important lessons that you need to learn in order to be ready for the person that you're truly meant to be with. So this is what I mean by just being open and taking off the horse blinders and just allowing and, and allowing for what the universe has planned for you and trusting that the universe has your back. The universe is going to give you what you need and what you want You just have to be open to seeing that it's not going to be in the timing that you want most likely. And it's probably also not going to be in the form that you want most likely. Nothing is by accident. There are so many lessons to learn. And I just really believe that if you haven't met him yet, then the universe still has you cooking. There's still things for you to learn. It's not like that you're broken and you need to be fixed still, but it's just there's still lessons for you need that you need to learn, or that you need to go through in order to be ready for the relationship that ultimately the universe and you um, want for yourself. Um, if you've listened to my again my six part series on how I found love. I think I mentioned in that episode multiple times that, you know, I had some pretty crappy relationships, and some pretty crappy times and some pretty crappy guys, but I truly believe that I needed to go through all of them. If you know, it's what's really interesting is Stevie and I were circling in the same friend group for many years before we actually met each other. We had many, many mutual friends. And I never met them. And I think there is a reason for why I hadn't met him. I think that I had to date these other guys and learn some lessons and grow myself before I was ready to be in the relationship with him. And I think it's the same thing for him. He had obviously lessons and things he needed to go through before he would be introduced to me. But we had been circling in the same friend group for years before we met. So I think that's something just really interesting to think about as you are wondering, well, when the hell is the universe going to give me what I'm looking for? Just trust that in time, um, it will it will come. Okay. And the third reason why non-attachment helps and um, why being really attached to the outcome holds you back is it's really hard to practice gratitude when you're attached to I need this, I need this. because what I believe, or excuse me, I believe what you appreciate appreciates, right? So it almost creates like, and this might be a little woo-woo again, but again, this is just truly what I believe to the marrow of my bones. It almost creates a clog in the system if the universe is giving you all of these great things, but you don't notice or you don't care about them. It's kind of like the universe is saying, hey, I'm trying to give you what you want, or I'm trying to teach you these lessons that you need to learn before you're ready for the guy that you're supposed to be with. But you got to acknowledge what's coming to you so you don't clog the pipe, right? Like, again, like, what if you're supposed to go through all of these experiences and all these relationships in order to learn what you needed to learn to be ready for the person you're supposed to be with, but you're getting so pissed off that you're having all these bad dates that you're not finding any gratitude in what you truly are learning? You know, I've gotten to a point in my life where when I was doing my six part series of how I found love, and I was going through those past relationships and reflecting on them, so that I could prepare the audio the podcast for you. I just, you know, I never before I had just felt such a deep sense of gratitude for every single one of those men, even the guy who was too drunk to pick me up two times in a row, because I learned something from him, that relationship or that, or lack thereof, whatever you want to call it, taught me something, and I needed to experience that. And all the other past relationships, the guys who were really big jerks to me, or, or the relationships that I thought were going to go somewhere, but just didn't. I'm so grateful for every single one of those relationships, because I know 100% that I wouldn't be where I am today. And I would not have been ready for the relationship had I, um, you know, that I have today without those without those lessons. So remember, Love and companionship and partnership can exist in different ways and informs you didn't know existed. And every relationship can be a soulmate. You don't have to let it be a waste of time if you're willing to see the soul lessons. So the more that you can appreciate it and allow these things into your life and just find gratitude for that date or for that nice message that guy sent you or the relationship that's ending, finding gratitude for that for even maybe the person that the relationship is ending with, the more you're able to do that and really be open to receiving all of those lessons and the gratitude and all of that kind of stuff, the more open you're actually going to be to receiving more. So it's kind of just like clearing out the pipe so that more things can come to it. So again, or come to you. So this is the part where I believe the saying, it happens when you least expect it has some truth. Non-attachment is really important for you to a just stay sane because if you were if you are so emotionally attached to everything that was happening to you, I mean, I mean we're talking about like a pretty crazy roller coaster. And I know that's how a lot of you all live because that's how I lived for years. And it's exhausting and it sucks. And it is just so hard to have your emotion de jour be based on whether or not some guy texted you back or whether or not that relationship is going to go the direction you want it to. It's really, really freaking exhausting to live like that. So if nothing else, that's one damn good reason to practice non-attachment and bring it into your life. But Non-attachment is always is also the best way to attract more of what you want. It is like, I think, one of the most important tenets of the law of attracting, attracting attracting, excuse me, and manifesting. And it's not and again, like it's not a hundred percent true because it doesn't mean that you don't care or that it doesn't mean that it doesn't involve any work because I do want you to care. I want you to care about your desires and your goals and the vision boards and your visions for your life and all that stuff. I want you to create those things. I want you to care. I want you to care about how people are treating you. I don't, I'm not asking you to be non-attached to people are treating you like shit and just letting people treat you like shit. Like, no, you need to cut people out of your, out of your life who don't treat you well. And I want you to know that I know you don't need a relationship but it's okay to want one and you're allowed to to want one. But I also don't want you to sit on your hands and just wait for it to happen. You still have to do this inner work. Remember, when it's two people in a relationship, each party is responsible for their 50%, for cleaning their side of the street. You can't clean someone else's side of the street and they can't clean your side of the street for you. You got to deal with your own stuff and your partner does too. And I think that practicing non-attachment has the ability to bring up all of your shit and it's just a really great opportunity to just keep your side of the street clean so that you can truly be ready and open for when the right person comes along and even if it's not the right person for the sole lesson that is included with that relationship that you were meant to learn to be ready for your perfect for you person. So you do have to meet people whether it's online, meetups, going out, asking people to set you up. I don't really care about the modality. And again, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I don't care about the modality because I think the struggles that you're having with online dating or meetups or just going out or asking people to set you up, basically, you got to do the work. But if it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to, you got to let it go, find the soul lessons, have appreciation and gratitude for the soul lessons in the experience, move on and not let it affect your worth. Now, I know that was a lot and it is a lot. This is hard. A and non-attachment is not just something that you intellectually get and then you're good. It truly is a lifelong practice. But it works, so it's worth doing. Think of it this way. How many times have you had a guy interested in you, but you weren't really that interested in him? And you probably weren't attached to any outcome because you didn't care if there was going to be a date or a relationship. So you were probably acting like your most authentic, natural, confident self. And that was hot. And someone was into it. What if you could be like that, even with the guy that you were interested in? And so look, I know that this is all easier said than done. This is hard, hard work. But I also never said that you had to do this alone. And in fact, I don't think you should. This is hard work. And I I think it's worth seeking out support and a community. And look, there's no silver bullet to finding love. But if there was one, if there was one, which there's not, but if there was one, I think having a community around you to support you and your growth would be that silver bullet. So whether you want to call in more love, more happiness, abundance, or health, you can't underestimate the transformative power of a community of strong, like-minded women who are really working on the same things that you're working on. So you don't have to wait on him to be happy and you don't have to do it alone. Women aren't your competition or the enemy. In fact, soulful friendships where you can have these types of conversations and get this kind of support with each other, I think are the key to finding real love. And my hunch is also that if you've struggled in romantic relationships, if you take a real hard look at your friendships, I bet they've struggled too, or at least you're not exactly where you want them to be. They're not that deep, soulful kind where you can have these types of conversations. Or maybe there is even some name calling or hurt feelings. Or maybe the friendships that you do have are based on shared frustration around dating and go little beyond that. I mean, this is a big wake up call for me. So think about it. If you got into a happy, healthy relationship, how many friends would you have nothing to talk about with anymore? Look, finding love doesn't have to suck and you don't have to do it alone anymore. And that's why I would love to invite you inside the Love Incubator this spring. So the Love Incubator is a group coaching immersion designed to help you up level all the relationships in your life. And by the end, you'll know exactly what you want in love and how to get it without worrying about being too masculine, too needy, or too emotional. Now, to be clear, this is not a training course. There are no modules to watch. There are no videos to watch. This is pure coaching with me and nine other women. So you'll have nine new soulful friends you can talk about stuff with and the tools to create soulful friendships where you live so that you can get the support you need to create the growth that you need to find the relationship that you're really seeking. So in the Love Incubator, it will cover a wide range of topics, but things like shifting dating patterns that have you attracting emotionally unavailable guys or narcissists or guys who tell you they don't want to commit and they marry the next person. We'll figure out why that keeps happening to you. I'll help you finally get over an ex, whether it's a marriage or a guy you dated for a bit but can't seem to shake. I hope you get clear on your boundaries and how to have them respected by men while also keeping their interests and get clear on what you actually want so you can manifest it into your life and trusting yourself and healing childhood wounds so that you're not attracting people like your parents or repeating their mistakes. And of course, overcoming people-pleasing tendencies, dropping your story, and creating deep female friendships and overcoming pain around maybe some name-calling or gossiping. So in the Love Incubator, you're not going to be alone anymore. You're going to be working alongside me and nine incredible other women for four months who get you during this entire process. I'll hold your deepest desires and fears and worries as sacred, and I'll show up to hold space for you to create the healing and growth you need and hold no judgment of your past. Now, many of you know, if you've been listening to my podcast, that my approach is soft and friendly, yet I'm pretty direct. And I've been referred to as your Zen best friend who loves yoga and tea, but will give give it to you straight. So, and I think the most transformative thing of all with the Love Incubator is that you're going to connect with women from around the world to lean on, support, and grow with. And I really believe that when us women raise each other up rather than tear each other down, it's amazing, amazing what we can create for ourselves. So again, this is not a course. It's not an online training program. This is 100% coaching with me in a community environment. So if you're interested in joining us, I want to chat with you personally on the phone to make sure that it's just a good fit all around. So at at the time of me recording this, Half the spots are filled. There's only 10 spots total. And I'm recording this a couple weeks ahead of time, so I don't know exactly how many spots will be available. So if you are interested, I recommend you head straight over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. And again, that link will be in the show notes. Just so you can see if we have spots left, but either way, go ahead and apply to have a phone call with me because there might be a spot or two open or at least to get on the wait list for when I run this program again. I truly believe that this is going to be a beautiful experience for the women who join and a great way to get some direct coaching from me to bust through your love blocks so that you can finally get unstuck and begin moving forward in your love life. So again, to learn more about how the program is structured and how to schedule a call with me and your payment options, head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. Now applications do close February 28th um, or when all the spots are filled. So please don't delay. Head over there now and schedule a phone call with me so that we can see if we can get you in or get you on the wait list for when I do this again, possibly. I have no idea actually when I'll be doing this again. And look, I know there's always some fear around time and energy and especially money. But I want you to know that you're not the only one who thinks that and really and truly, there's no good time to invest time and money and energy into yourself. But I really do believe that this is something that you've been struggling with for a while. At some point, I think you've just got to bite the bullet and jump in and get to support and have someone who can see your love blocks for you and see your blind spots so if this is an area of your life you want to shift this year, please head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator to learn more about the four month program work intimately with me so I can help you overcome your love blocks and schedule an incubator exploratory call with me. So again, that link will be in the show notes, veronicagrant.com forward slash love incubator. All right, I can't wait to chat with many of you and whether or not you join the incubator, I will talk to you right here next week on the Love Life Connection. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. remember... Remember this, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You aren't broken. You don't need to be fixed. And even if you've never had the relationship you want before, it doesn't mean you can't have it now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.